I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Live commentaries and podcasts. This is Rebel Yell from the WFC Supporters Association. This is the Rebel Yell podcast. Episode two of season 22-23. Welcome, Spencer. Pete's, um, he's ill tonight. He's got a headache, hasn't he? Ah. Uh, Didums. He's got a headache. So, um, this is the first time we've done a podcast actually in person rather than using Zoom. I think it's just because of time constraints and doing some interviews tonight. It's, uh, we're sitting in the press box here at Woodside Road while the yeah. players are training in front of us. Watching training, it's like sitting in the VIP box. <laughs> it is indeed, yeah, it is. Um, hey, but first, first month complete in the National League South, a new league, a new season. Unbeaten, sixth in the league as we speak. It's not a bad start, is it? Well, if you'd said six games unbeaten into the season, end of August, with uh, no losses, you'd taken it all day long. Been around off. We'd been around off just after Dover. Yeah. To have that. <laughs> to have that, like, yeah, I mean... Some... Being your hand off not being the right I phrase think, to yeah, use I don't Dover. think we should use violence in Dover <laughs> in the same word, because we all know what happened in Dover more on that late with Barry Hunter. But um, it's... a. Uh... <sighs> I, can't, I, I just, I, no one knew what to expect, did they? No one knew what to expect. It's a brand new league, you know, whereas we're in Eastby and we knew what the teams were about. I mean, I, as I still say, I think if I, as you say, been given sixth position after a month with unbeaten in the National South playing some pretty decent teams, I'd take that. Yeah, and, you know, I think, you know, the teams we've played so far, you know, they all seem strong, physical teams. I think they're more interested in the... Uh, dark arts of football rather than the uh, footballing skills side which uh, you know I think we're showing showing a few of these teams a lesson of how to play actual football yeah I mean looking I think what the first noticeable thing that I've noticed and I'm sure a lot of the fans when we talked after is the physicality of this league you can tell you know how much stronger the defenders are they, they like to put the bodies behind the ball whereas it's sort of it's stumping our free flowing attacking football especially at home is that a surprise to you or do you, do you think that was what was expected yeah it's, you know it's just, in, in a way, it's a massive mark of respect that as a newly promoted team, we've, we've already got teams turning up here and just 
wanting to sit back and happy to take a draw. You know, Chip, Chippenham celebrated their nil-nil like a win at the end. And didn't didn't um, Eastbourne do very similar as well? Despite the fact Chippenham and Eastbourne were buck, open, up in the playoffs at the end of last yeah, season, yeah, um, we were quite happy with that, weren't we? And um, you know, Dover Athletic being a former national uh, national league club that obviously got relegated through finances and points deductions, but three big teams that we've played, but all at home, we've we've yeah. escaped and. <clears throat> Weymouth away as well, who also came down. Weymouth away, exactly. Um, I mean, I, I look at it, I think. Fortress Woodside last year, it was pretty much. Um, it's still a fortress, we're still unbeaten, but frustrations on the final ball, I think, when you say, like, you know, like, we're missing, <laughs> we're not missing opportunities, but like, missed penalty could have been, yeah, them, like, it's... offside, you know, are we not creating enough chances? Yeah, I think we, we are, we are, I think we are creating chances, but again, I think it's the step up in level. You know, the, the final third, that sort of final ball or the actual finish hasn't quite mm. been there. And you see opposing teams, they get the chance, they take it, you know, with, uh, I think we saw that bit, you know, against Dover, against Eastbourne, you know, we weren't giving away many chances, but, they took, they took what they had and put it away. Yeah, we weren't indeed. I mean, you, you look at those games. I mean, that first Dover game, obviously, there's no point dwelling on what happened on that day. It was very upsetting to see, and you you were more in it, more so than me. It's me and Pete <laughs> hang on, hang that. on. Your mate. Well, right, right. Let's, let's, let's get this right before I, I drop Spencer in it. I say in it. He was he was in, he was in the shed and near it, I would say. I can't really say that because he wasn't. I mean, if you know Spencer, I'm pretty sure you don't flick him in as a hooligan and allow it, do you? <laughs> I mean, he does support West Ham Irons and all that but you know Danny Dyer in the day and all that I don't think he's got his Danny Dyer's out shut it <laughs> but um, you schleg but um, it was it was upsetting scenes to see and we could see it from up here like that's not what you want to bring on the first game of a new season and a massive new experience for us like very disappointing um, and Dover like that I, we can't say it's there for, it's not a general consensus of their fan base they were people banned from the ground that just go looking for trouble it's just a shame they didn't notify the club in advance yeah. and, you know, but like it, it's, it's good to see that it doesn't seem to have affected the attendances since we're still getting the crowds we're still getting the kids still getting the families come along which is you know that was something of a concern to me because you know that day there were you know there were a lot of kids who saw what happened mm. well, it's also those sort of first time people that might be visiting the club you know they they Dads brought their sons and daughters, and you know, we both don't have kids. But I'm sure if I brought my son, daughter to the first game and I'd seen that, would would you want to be not necessarily through Worthing, but you know, would you want to be at a place that attracts away following that like that? And you know, it was horrible to see. And you know, the brand new fan zone is marred by some idiots looking for a punch up. Yeah, but. Hopefully that's it. It's a one-off and, it, and it's done with. And we look forward to the rest of the season. Well, we tried segregating on Saturday against Eastbourne. It was a trial. I think it worked quite well from what I heard. And you know, I didn't see massive scenes. They were obviously in the like right-hand corner towards the shed end. Um, from early thoughts, I don't think there were any fans. I didn't really see any problems or comments no. on the social medias. No, like, if, if anything, there was the odd Eastbourne fan raising the point they'd never been segregated before and couldn't yeah. work out why they'd been segregated. Yeah. Might not have been communicated as well as it could have been, but it was done and it was successful. We talk about like segregation as part of the fan experience here on a match day. What what do you think so far of the new additions? Obviously, we've got the new fan zone, which I think is fantastic. It's not quite finished yet, but it's been open. It's a lot quicker to get a pint. You know, yep. Pre-pouring pints is excellent. It really yep. is. <laughs> we don't have to wait. Uh, saying that, we did miss the beginning of the match, but I think that was because people in front of us were messing around and getting what they kept on changing their mind, didn't they? And it was like no fault of the past. Yeah, and buying massive rounds as well. And as we know, like speaking to Barry last month, you know, it's one of these things that are going to be uh, added to. We're going to hopefully get a roof and it's going to be... Um, 
not tarmac over. It's going to be astroturfed over. And some some new tables supplied by the support association. Yeah, that was passed off at our last meeting. We uh, we passed them off at the supporters association meeting to have some new tables, which is fantastic. We're emblazoned with our logo out there. But yeah, got all these new food stalls as well. Have you, have you indulged in any of the, the, the gourmet woodside <laughs> I, dining yet? I, I haven't, to be absolutely honest. Pizza stall we've had. We've had shawarma stalls. We've had burgers. Still yet to see the um, seaside burger that I keep banging on about. I mean, why are you shaking your head? Seagull in a bun. Mm. Deep fried mackerel. <laughs> oh. ah, that'd be all right, deep fried mackerel. But I think, you know, the fan experience, you can tell the club are really trying to improve on a match day. You know, that they're better. They're new staff. They're learning all the time. You know, that the... the the experience queuing for drink and you know the movement around the ground is a lot quicker. Yeah. Um, so I think it just. Yeah, it's it's one thing to get the crowds in, and you know we're we're definitely getting the crowds in. Have been getting the crowds in for quite some time, and then you know from the commercial side, then it's once they're in, it's getting them to uh, spend their money. Yeah, exactly. Well, we've talked about the fan experience. We talked about the match experience. So why not let's uh, link in with uh, Barry Hunter? We've spoken about the Dover match. Barry um, sat down with me earlier on and discussed, you know what's going on in the ground and obviously what they're going to do to put forward about after that behaviour at Dover. So enjoy. This is the Rebel Yell Podcast. Barry, welcome back. Thank you for coming on so soon. How are we doing? You okay? All good, James. Thank you. Yeah, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine, thanks, mate. Yeah, enjoying um, the season so far. It's nice to say uh, unbeaten in six, three wins, three draws and sixth in the table. It's, it's not a bad start for us Rebels, is it? No, it's been a very good start, hasn't it? In fact, all around the club, the women's teams um, have won twice, uh, 100% record, and uh, the under-18s kicked off in the week with a great victory. So all around the club's in a, in a, in a good place on the pitch, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, if, if you'd said to me when we lifted that trophy last season, after the first month in the National South, we'd still be unbeaten and we'd be in the playoff zone at sixth position, I would have snatched anyone's hand off, wouldn't you? I guess you would, yeah. And I think if you look at the results, it's been interesting, isn't it? The away wins, which is a 100% record, yeah. and we're, we're obviously able to play with a bit more freedom away from home than we that we're able to at home, where teams are maybe making it a little tighter for us and uh, unlocking unlocking them is much, much harder. But then again, we've been, I think, behind twice, haven't we, recently, and um, managed to pull back a, 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 mm. a point and... Um, I think uh, I think we're showing some real resilience as well. Yeah. So uh, all good. I mean, to be in the top top six is uh, you know we've got an average of two points per game. I think we would definitely have taken that before we started the season. Yeah, I think we can all agree. And I know from speaking to Adam after the game, some of the players there's frustration that we haven't been able to kill it off at home because we've had the opportunities to get those three points. You know, with missed penalties and missed shots and disallowed goals and you know just dominating games but not finishing. But they've still what what a start to the season at home but just want to get that three points though don't we yeah i think i think the domination at home is 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 probably from at the back in the middle of the park but when you get to that final third it's really really crowded as far as i can tell so probably a little harder to unlock so um it's just trying to find that little magic key we've got we've got players that can do that and i'm sure adam will find the answer to that um, but but in that but it is good to see resilience at the same time. I mean, I think the Eastbourne game at home, they were they obviously had a way of wanting to play us. Um, got their free kick, got their goal, and it was hard to break them down. But we just kept going, and that was really encouraging, you know. And despite being probably very very tired, Callum yeah. managed to score a goal in the uh, what 80th minute. Um, yeah. We've got a lot going for us this season, yeah. and uh, yeah, as you say, Fortress Fortress uh, Woodside is um, 
it's still the case we're not beaten here, but I'm sure everyone would like to pick mm. up more points. Well, as we said with that Eastbourne game, we all said after the game, we think if we had had an extra 10 minutes, I think we could have got the three points. I think we were sort of just 10 minutes too late with the pressure at the end. Yeah, probably right. I think it reminds me of the Liverpool game that I watched last night, which uh, from uh, from people listening to the podcast, we were, um, we were talking on a Thursday evening here. Um I think Liverpool needed that extra few minutes and they got it, didn't they? And they did yeah. score. That's how they got yeah. their win. We needed we needed someone at the near post smash it into the back of the net right at the death, didn't we, on Saturday? But hey ho, we haven't. We got we got we're unbeaten. <laughs> That's all we can care about right now. Um obviously we spoke at the last podcast, first one of the season. We looked at um all the new improvements to the ground, one of them being so we were discussing the container bar, which I think looks fantastic. I saw you've got the signs up. It's been sponsored by Sussex Transport. Is that right? And they've got that their sign above the bar, which is good because I noticed on the first couple of games, people didn't realise there was a bar there because there was nothing massive that said bar, but now they can't miss it because it's there. But happy with that so far and the, the what's been going on and the sort of income from that and the area in general? Well, we're absolutely delighted with it, James. I mean, uh, it's it's doubled up our um, ability to service our supporters mm-hmm. um, by having three more fonts there, and uh, that re- replicates what we've got indoors in the main bar under the stand. Um, so we've got you know less less queuing going on, less mm-hmm. people walking away, more people a lot happier about getting being able to get a drink more quickly, um, and I think that has worked really really well. Um, it's also created quite a nice atmosphere around there behind the stand. Um, and and you know we put it there. You can on purpose to the extent that you've got the space. But obviously, when you come through the gates, you the turnstiles, you can see it. Mm. And I think it will become you know, I think it'll be our go-to destination going well. forward. So we're very yeah, very pleased. Yeah, no, fantastic. And um, have you managed to secure that funding you were talking about to sort of uh, you know build the tarpaulin stuff over it yet, or is that still an ongoing matter? Well, we we definitely need to make the um, area um dry for the winter and so we're looking at all options there we def- we have a we have a grant application in but it's still remaining uh, a slow process but we're on it we're yep. we're fine we will we'll get that dealt with yeah and a couple of things we've noticed about the match day experience obviously you refitted the Budweiser bar the outdoor bar next to the main stand but that's remained closed for the home games we've had this season what's the reasoning behind that is it short of staff because I have noticed if we had that on there still are some queues and um, they're making people queue single file into the main bar now rather than like you know just crowd around the bar like we used to which I feel takes longer I was in that queue and it took me a long time so going forward are you going to be reopening the Budweiser bar and you know this single queue just through the door there was quite a long snake on on uh, Saturday's game is that something that's being looked at or you know you just tr- testing these little things first because I'd love to see the Budweiser bar reopen because I think the capacity I mean we've what averaged so far this season probably about 14 1500 so far each home game so to have an extra capacity and another bar open would be good I think for the experience yeah um so a couple of points there the, the the queue going into the main bar I saw that a couple of times on match day this weekend and uh um, actually, if you go into the bar, you see three or two or three stations in there serving, but only one queue going in. So, on a couple of t- occasions, I um, I actually got people out of the queues and into the bar, and actually, life was a lot, lot easier. Mm. Um, yeah, because she's pausing you there. I was, um, when I was in there, she saw the bar staff said, No, no, it's single file because I worked in like the old days and went and queued there, and she's like, No, 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 it's single file. So yeah, well, that's, that's probably down to a bit of um, training yeah. um, because we're very clear that uh, it, it shouldn't be single file. We'll get people in where we need to. We might use um, a steward just to help with the queue management. Mm-hmm. We're learning quite a lot, James. Um, 
And um, Paul will get that right with his team yeah. for sure. I think regarding the Budweiser bar, um, so last season we had basically uh, three um, three areas, three um, pumps where you could buy beer inside the bar, indoors, under the stand. We had the outside bar, which has got one, and then we have um, one or two over on the north uh, east corner to serve uh, beer. Now, we've also introduced outside caterers, um, and we've located them in the area around the, the outdoor bar, which has got the one pump. So mm. for the moment, we decided not to overcrowd that area with an additional bar. And you can imagine the queue that might come from there and what used to come mm. from there. That would really encroach on the food area. So that's the reason it's shut at the moment. We're looking, we're learning, and um, we may or may not reshuffle that depending on how things pan out over the next uh, few games. Well, I know Amanda would probably see good use for it as a club shop. I'm sure she pesters you about it all the time. And Dave, so I'm sure if you're going to change it from the bar, a club shop will be very welcome there. Yeah, it's, that's another option, isn't it? Yeah. So um, what we don't want to do is rush it, make some decisions yeah. quickly and then find yeah. out it was the wrong one. We're still mm-hmm. learning about the food, yeah. um, learning about the kitchen, all the offerings. So um, it's a slightly iterative process, but we'll get there. And um, mm-hmm. I think overall, we've definitely got less cues in each bar we've got more people being served more quickly um yeah. and as you say from a new point of view there sure it's definitely helping the club as yeah well. it's definitely been moving quicker and we have noticed we have been able to get that pint at half time without having to worry about um you know missing a bit of the action i mean as, as you say as staff get trained up and people learn it will get better and better um you talk about the food uh obviously it's a new thing this season with food stalls. we've had different ones each week we've had like burrito stands pizza stands burger stands what has and hasn't worked with those? Because um, I've heard good good things about it. Is it working for the club in terms of a revenue and the sort of fan experience point? Or is it kind of not working? You've got to tweak it. What what are your thoughts on it? We're still, we're still learning, getting intel on all of that. Um, the good thing is that we're trying different things and we had some demand last season for some better quality food, some different foods, some alternative street food, um, which which has been seen at other grounds. So we thought we would uh, try and do that. It's slightly more premium price, um, but... Um, yeah, I've heard you know, a couple of grumbles about that, yeah. Yeah, there's an offering for, for everyone's need, I think, now, which mm. is good. Um, different different products are getting more d- different demand levels and different interests, but um, we, we haven't... We haven't deduce we haven't analyzed all the different information yet to say well this work that hasn't worked paul have will have that information and i think he'll yeah. share that with the board when we, when we meet in a couple of weeks yeah well i am still very disappointed i haven't seen my seaside burger yet barry i mean i thought i thought that was agreed at the end of the last podcast i thought you're going to put a special on there so is that coming soon is that going to be a christmas present to james or something uh, you need to rerun that uh, that tape because I don't know. <laughs> but um, I, I think yeah, there's some there's some good there's yeah, some good opportunities there. I'm just trying to just trying to get our bread and butter right, if you yeah. like, at the moment. Make but, sure, and there's also quite a it's quite a crowd still in that in that area, so we need to make sure circulation mm, is good. It's a learning so curve. Lots yeah. and lots, absolutely. Um, but we want to we want to improve. We want to do better things for our supporters so it's all in in good spirit yeah and before we move on is there any um more plans and movements we're going to see around the ground in the next couple of months i know obviously with grading there are things that need to be done will we be seeing that within the next month or two or is it a longer term process 
with ground grading you mean James? yeah you know like obviously there's certain areas of ground that need to be improved for safety or that they can't count for capacity so is there going to be anything in the next month or two that we're going to see that is quite sort of quick fixes or is it going to be sort of a sort of three to six month process till we see any sort of improvements down certain areas of the ground we've done a lot of the work we needed to do for ground grading um there are some um work some bits of work we still have to do that's more uh has got more scale to it around capacity for example that work um needs to be done by 31st of march 2023 so we've been given basically a season to to get the ground where it needs to be from a base point of view so we were allowed to play as a ground for the first season so i don't think anything's going to be done immediately it's going to take time the reason it's going to take a little bit of time is we're not we're not thinking just about this year and what needs to be done for this year we've got to We've got to put a three to five year plan on it. And if we do something now, we don't want to compromise what we might want to do um, in, a, in a couple of years time. Of so it's all about planning. In fact, we've got that meeting at the club, uh, one of those meetings tonight. That's um, why I'm at the, at the moment. Um, so it's going to, you're not going to see anything dramatic going on for a while. Um, mm-hmm. And then as we get into the new year, I suspect you, you will start to see some change. Yeah, how exciting to look forward to. Um, Barry, one well, well, before, uh, just as we wrap up, obviously, when I spoke to you before off the air, we, we have to touch on it. Obviously, first game of the season against Dover, we saw some very unsavoury scenes from not the worthy fans, some very, how do I put it, politically correct, some, um, without swearing, you know, some very nasty pieces of work that travelled from Dover and ruined the match day experience for what should have been a very exciting day for quite a lot of us. Obviously, I know you you were disappointed in itself with the way the Dover fans acted. A lot of people um, really upset with what happened. We're not going to dwell on that. We all know what happened. But moving forward, I noticed this, that the club have launched a fan behaviour and safety initiative in association with like the FA, uh, Love Football, Protect the Game. So, Taking your experience from Dover, which obviously, as we said, wasn't expected. We didn't, you didn't get warned by Dover, which I know you were disappointed at because you know it transpires they did know about these people that are banned from their own ground. What are you doing going forward as a club? And like, just tell tell the fans sort of what we're going to do to protect them on the match day experience. Because the last thing we do is if you have people coming down for that first game on like new fans to see behaviour like that, it could put them off for life. So, what, what's the sort of process moving forward for the club to protect the fans against things like that happening again? Um, good question, James, and um, very timely, I think. Look, first first principles here, absolute priority for the football club to ensure that our visitors to the ground have a safe and enjoyable experience. So it's it, we need to make sure there's context to this. 99.9% of games and, and visitors and supporters are well-behaved and take part in the full spirit of the game, um, and everyone's safe. And we're very thankful, I think, as a non-league football club and, and a culture that we operate in where, where supporters can enjoy free movement around the ground and, and we very much support that wherever ever possible um dover for some of the visitors to the club um that day it wasn't achieved and we need to make sure we don't find ourselves in that situation again so i placed some challenges onto the operations team um within the club um, and they've reviewed our match day policy um in terms of the processes the procedures, the manpower that we have, um, some of the equipment that we deploy. And and where appropriate, we're evolving a lot of that to make sure we're fit for purpose. Um, So to give you an example um, of some of the outcomes from that that review, for every single game now, you will see an increase in the staffing of both security and stewards. You you would have seen that 
at uh, Chippenham, for example, yeah. more people about better, uh, more visible, um, more capable, well-trained. We'll also bring in some additional CCTV coverage just to extend our eyes our eyes a little bit more around the ground without having to be in every location. And, and I think we're seeing a lot more coordination and cooperation with uh, the Surrey and Sussex Police Unit, um, the league, opposition clubs, like you said, Dover didn't share. Um, we we were in good contact with Eastbourne Borough last week, for example, uh, on a game by game basis, and also in bringing in local agencies like the Pub Watch and, and using that to help us um, get more intel about supporters coming into the ground. So when we had a um, we had a ground grading visit from the National League ground grading officer, and his advice was segregation should be deployed in every game, um, but we prefer a more proportionate approach because, again, trying to protect the whole spirit of the match day experience wherever we can. So we've effectively created a second category or tier, if you like, of games that may pose more risks than others, um, whether it's going to be a much bigger crowd or where we find that Intel tells us there might be some more troublesome supporters. We'll make some upgraded measures and... Um, they might include um, certainly more staff, more more stewards, more safety and security staff, maybe use of deployment of the police if we need to. We'll be doing pad downs outside and searches and we will in, we will introduce segregation in the ground and with it and into the ground uh, for, for those more higher priority, higher risk games. So there's a whole, and there's actually a review at the moment of the test that we ran against Eastbourne Borough, um, which we're just learning and understanding from. This is all new to us, of course, as a club. So segregation is something we've tried to learn from, from the uh, Eastbourne Borough game. Is um was So Eastbourne Borough was just a trial. It wasn't, you just segregated just to see how the operation would work or was there sort of some ums and ahs about maybe there could be a bit of crowd trouble or was it just literally solely to do a test and you thought because it's a local Sussex derby it might be a bigger crowd uh, that, well, we definitely didn't want to have a situation where we felt that there was a high risk from a crowd attending a game and we hadn't done a dry run and at least one or two segregation so Eastbourne Borough absolutely not considered a risk we've got they've got a good reputation as a support base they're our neighbours on the Sussex coast and we have a very good relationship with them yeah. we'd actually um, I've spoken three times with their CEO uh, during the week they were very aware of what we were trying to do our safety officers also had mm. spoken uh, with each other they knew what we were doing and why and they understood the need for us to test um it was a big crowd. We knew we could have over 100 supporters and it was a very good opportunity to do a, a dry run, if you like. Yeah. We, we learned a hell of a lot just by doing that. So, no, it wasn't because we felt they yeah. were a risk. We just need to start getting and testing ourselves yeah. in, in those sorts of situations. Have you had any early feedback from those fans um, of how the segregation work and their thoughts? Did the club sort of ask anyone or like have been in contact with Eastbourne and see what the early feedback was for it? Because obviously it's the first time you've actually ever had to do it. Yeah, we've got we've had some initial feedback on different things. We're still reviewing it. Um, it's not just feedback from their fans, but also um, I would say more importantly is feedback from our security advisors on how that worked and whether in more dramatic situation we were fit for purpose. So, as an example, James, um, what we did and where we revised was to put um, people uh, supporters from Eastbourne Borough 
on either side, if you like, of the um, the, the turnstiles coming into that northeast corner. So you split effectively split the crowd into two, and if if there was any issues, you had a far smaller distance to travel to eject uh, mm. a, a troublesome out. So things like that, which may not be obvious to most people, things like that are very important for us. Feedback on from the security guys. Yeah. Um, obviously, they enjoyed the F and B experience there. Um, they got a, they got the use of the north northeast um, development, which we had, and I think the food yeah. and drink was great. They were very satisfied with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have some questions about it. Do we need permanent barriers? Probably. Um, was the exit for our home fans quick enough after the game? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Uh, were there any pressure? on toilets uh, and food and beverage for our home fans, probably. So that's why we have to test, and uh, we'll do mm. some more testing um, for some unsuspecting uh, clubs, mm. but we have to do it because we, we need to learn to get it right for mm. when we will need it. Well, 100% it did take a, a lot longer to get out and move around the ground afterwards, but that's ob- for obvious reasons. And when they did open those sort of gates, uh, those temporary fencing, it did, it, the ground emptied a lot quicker. I think that's obviously something. Uh, am I right in thinking there is another turnstile or exit route at the other end? I might be Yeah, there is, no, there, is a, there is an alleyway leading up from St Elmo Road into um, the ground, actually. There's, it's, it's obviously, they can't get through the uh, boundary. But there is there is a, a an entrance point through um through the through the houses in an alley that that does exist whether or not it's usable um whether or not there's you could actually use it for accessing the ground is one thing maybe you could use it for exiting the ground um particularly in an emergency is another and we're looking at that as an as another option yeah. but of course it has significant implications and probably planning as well so um, but it does exist, and I think yeah. there's another one somewhere else we're trying to establish. Mm. And of course, with our neighbours in the Bowls Club, there may be opportunity to provide some relief uh, with their boundary as well. But um, that's all on the all on the um, all on the burner. Brilliant. Well, Barry, thank you very much for being open and honest about it. It's good to chat to you because I know there was obviously some fans with some questions regarding the sort of stuff that happened at the Dover game and how the club are going to act after it. So I think you know, all confidence going forward and fingers crossed we don't see scenes like that at Woodside again um, in the future because we all, we all go to football on a Saturday to enjoy it and that's one of the reasons why we like non-league. Absolutely. And if I, you know, there's one message I would want to get across to every supporter of the club that listening to the podcast is that we, we absolutely, Take this take a, a real serious uh, view of uh, crowd safety and uh, we will do whatever we can to make sure and ensure it does it does exist and uh, people feel comfortable coming to the ground and uh, want to stay and have a, a enjoyable time yep. and um, that's our priority Barry thank you very much for joining us and uh, I'll see you very soon cheers James this is the Rebel Yell podcast always good to hear it from Barry Hunter you know, he's, he's honest with us. Going back to the results, I've, I guess the most, we weren't there for it. We were watching Jasper, well, Jasper warming up on the bench at Wick and Wanderers uh, against Charlton. And, uh, we thought he was going to come on, didn't he? And uh, he, he was getting his kit ready. And then yeah, I think Gareth Ainsworth changed his mind at the last minute. And uh, bless him, I think he was a little bit disappointed because, yeah. you know, I guess he knew people there watching him. I'd like anyone you'd want to. But it's, yeah, it's good to see him catch up with him. And- yeah. He'd got he'd got to start the the midweek before. Yeah, so. and he started on the cup game a couple of days later. So he's he's really breaking into that squad. We, we, what I was going on to say is we missed probably one of the most dramatic moments so far this season. Joel Colbrand's cross come shot. 
that won us against Dartford, which, you know, everyone looked into it. It was going to be one of the tougher away days of the season, right, looking at the calendars. I mean, what, what, a, what a victory to get in the last minute. I mean, Oh, yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the games you kind of live for, isn't it? And those, those kind of moments, you, 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 you don't forget them. It's also why you never leave the game early. Well, I mean, I know, I know, I know. Pete was giving me abuse on our, our little chat, saying, uh, "Why are you take away my drinking buddy to celebrate a last minute away at Dartford and go and watch some rubbish EFL League One football?" I was like, "Yeah, you got a point." I said, "But Dean Cox wasn't there, so he could, yeah, I thought he was his new drinking buddy now." But um, that was a great result so far this season. You were at the Welling game, weren't you? And you, you, you know, what was that like? First the, away the, game of the yeah, the, again, that, that compared to you know our previous experience was was Dover. You know, the, the experience was completely the opposite. You know, really, really friendly crowd. Um, you know, we 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 put ourselves in a, a corner down the away end of the first half. We were we were mixed and all, get, all getting along fine and and chatting away. But um, performance-wise, wow, what a, what a performance! Again, an established national national league South team, and uh, we uh, taught them a thing or two. Yeah, I mean, looking at the highlights, it was, uh, you know, Welling, you know, okay, they struggled last year. They just, just escaped relegation to Ismian. But they're an established National League team. They've been up and down over the years. And to, to get a result away from home, such a convincing result as well, um, you know, great away support seeing that. It is, it's part of this uh, enjoyment of seeing these new clubs and, you know, news. And you said you were enjoying sort of company of some of the Welling fans for quite yeah. a bit of the match, you know, just yeah. talking over a few beers. So and really, really friendly bunch, you know. You know, if we're all thinking, oh, you know, the, Dover fans, that was going to be our experience this season, what it's going to be like at this level. Uh, the Welling game completely disproved that. Really, really good bunch. Yeah. They all, they, all, they all said how well we played and, you know, all seem to think we'd do really well this year. So we'll take that. I know some of the comments were after saying, like, if we play like that for the rest of the season, we'll do very well. But, I mean, the season's very long. So we, we do say it's sixth after, like, six games, like, three yeah. wins, three draws. We've got a very long way to go. We can't get carried away because we are going to have, I'm sure, I'd like to hope we're not, but we are going to have a little run of bad luck. And, you know, I throw my toys out the pram all the time about it. And Pete told me to shut up all the time about yeah. it when you're doing the co-coms with him. But um, it will come. But I think a little bit of, I'd say, it's not frustration, but, you know, maybe form at home. We, have, we are unbeaten, but it's three draws. And there have been opportunities for us to win those games and do you think the draws were fair like looking at the three matches Dover, Chippenham and obviously well nil nil was Chippenham yeah. and obviously against Eastbourne Borough do you think they were fair results or do you think we really could I think two out of those three games we should have yeah, taken all three you, points the, the, you know it just again just shows how tough it is at this level um, even against Eastbourne you know with 10 men they just completely shut up shop and yeah. we you know didn't particularly look like we were going to you know yeah. We went out and got the equaliser, but then uh, we didn't particularly look up. We were going to go and get a winner. No, I, I, I do. I do think it was one of those things that you know, Oli Pierce missing the penalty against Dover. Like, I think that was a turning point in the game. Um, it was a. Uh, it was one of those games that could have. Um, that was kind. It was one of those. Um, Turning points of the game, I think that if you know he'd scored that, we would have won, gone on to cement the three points there. But these things happen. He missed a penalty. Yeah. You know, it was he beat the keeper. He just <laughs> sent it the wrong way. Just was a little bit wider. Beat the goal. goal as well. But yeah, but we just can't complain. I'm, you know, I'm beaten. Six games in, end of August. Just keep, just keep that going. Well, I think what we need to do now is go and speak to Adam Hinchwood, discuss what he thinks of the first month of the new league and a new season for him as a manager. Heinz, he's managed at a level. So over to Adam Hinchwood. This is the Rebel Yell Podcast. Hinch, welcome back to the Rebel Yell Podcast. Three wins, three draws, six games played, sixth in the league. Yeah, early days, but you can't complain, can you? Um, 
Or is that just my point of view? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, no, exactly. I think we can, uh, having seen how the games have gone, um, I thought Dover, we we played some of the best football that we've played all season. Um, Created lots of chances. You know, another day we score a penalty and it's a a completely different game. Um, But it was a nice sort of, I think, settled everybody down and, um, you know, it was a bit, Nervous, I think everyone, including myself, about what the level might be like, and I thought that performance really did um, put us into good stead because we, we played well. But we're disappointed to only get a point in that game, and um, yeah, I think if, if it was the other way around and you'd won all your three home games and drawn all your away ones, and I think for some stupid reason you're probably feeling a bit yeah. better about everything because we haven't quite got a win at home yet. Um, yeah, still a bit. Like is we dropped some points already. Yeah, I think it's like we were saying. It was like last season. It was pretty much Fortress Woodside, wasn't it? You know, you know, it was just like a place to come, and you know, you expect to win. You know, a couple of blips throughout the season, but it's fine. But you know, as you said, like probably two out of those three games, we could have, we should have got the three points. You know, as you said, the missed penalty. You know, chipping them some chance we didn't take. You know, we can say the offsides and everything like that, and it should have been a win. But what would you th- do? You think something's lacking, or do you think something needs? Like you know, is there is there something missing, or do you think it's just the occasions getting too much almost? No, I think um, uh, what I found in the first six games is teams are a lot more open when they're at home against us and, you know, a little bit more um, conservative in their approach, maybe, to come and attack us when we're here. Um, and I think that's um, you know compliment to the, to the players that yeah. we've got. Um, Team, teams are coming here and giving us a lot of respect. They, they come, you know, that Chippenham turned up for a nil-nil and yeah. absolutely... Delighted, and no, you know, teams are coming here, sitting back, and as you said, those two teams were in. They were up in the playoffs. Last yeah, that's it. I think all, all three teams so far would be delighted that they've come away with a point um, so far, and I think you know that's obviously a, a good sign, good sign of, of where we come in, into a new league, and you know, teams are happy to come and take a point. But at the same time, yeah, like getting back to your question, am I happy? Um, <laughs> probably not really. I think we should be better, <laughs> um, and that's just how the games are gone yeah, um, but as a fan and I'm sure Spencer agree I like to see that from the manager he's not happy like you know as a fan I can quickly say as we were saying on the podcast at the beginning I'm quite happy to sit here if you when we're lifting that trophy and drinking Budweiser out here don't tell uh, Nick Robinson and all that in the bar but you know when we're doing that and you said to me like we'll be sick after the first month of round of games unbeaten I'll take that but it just shows that you know, how much passion and determination you've got to just make this club a success and push as far up as possible no yeah definitely that and I think also you know compliment to the players and how quickly they've adjusted to, to being at this level they've uh, you know it certainly hasn't been a team where I thought in all the six games so far we was second best to any team yeah. um, you know just some some good individuals and I think as well like a lot of us including myself are, are learning about the level um, as we're going and um, you know, I don't think we was aggressive enough in the first two games and how we defend our box and we're putting some improvement into that but in the flip of that we've now got to be more creative and, and create more chances so definitely that first game was probably our, our best one for in terms of chances created so has there been any surprises you know obviously it's, it's a new level for everyone especially you guys highest you managed and everything like that would you say there's anything that surprised you about the sort of the teams that have come or the way it's played or just the league in general or you you know was it what you expected or like what have you taken away from the first six games no yeah definitely just what I expected really um, know that 
you know, you're going to get punished more for mistakes. And, um, yeah, I think just the, the concentration of myself and the players and everyone has to be, you know, um, full on and, and you have to be fully concentrated. You know, everybody, everything has to be of a top heel concluding your sort of mindset um, for the whole entire time. And you, you can't... Um, take any sort of shortcuts or anything and you have to be fully fully focused on everything we're doing and um, I think that'd be the, the, the key thing I think like mentally uh, maybe players last year would go past a player and then think they've got a bit more time where they don't have that time this year um, and yeah we, we need to get a few more players in my opinion up to speed I don't think we've got everybody fully at it that can go with that concentration, that mindset for 90 minutes. For, from the untrained fan eye view, it looks like so far we're the only team that wants to play f football, actual football on the ground in these games so far. Yeah. Uh, the other team just think it's more it's about sheer physicality. Yeah, no. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I thought, you know, no disrespect to anyone, how they played is, you know, more than one way to, to win a game of football. And, you know, you know, my firm belief is is doing it our way, but that's not to say it's the right way. There's, you know, just how I like to the game to be played. But you know, I thought there's teams that we come up against that are surely just playing for set pieces, um, getting free kicks and corners and, and trying to score for that. Um, so, yeah, you, you have to be able to manage what the opposition are doing as well. And, um, you know, like I say, there's some physical sides and I think a couple of the tackles I think you know it's, it's quite evident that the message has been from managers to their players to be physical with us and get stuck into us and a couple of tackles that have gone on inside the first couple of minutes have warranted a card for me but yeah. just because of this this is refereeing where they yeah. won't pull anyone up no that's it game. and then you have a coming together literally 10 minutes later and you get a yellow card given against your players but you know my player nearly missed a game because of one of those tackles. Um, so you know, I think if it's a yellow card tackle, it's a yellow card tackle. Yes. Yeah, well, again, we've had some question marks about some of the oh. refereeing. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, um, it's, you know, we think you go up the league, your quality gets better. And I'm not sitting here, and I know you're not going to sit here and like blast, but you know, there's been some contentious decisions that I think have possibly maybe at some stage cost us a game. Like, I personally still think that game against Chippenham, that offside goal should have been given. Like, I was right behind a dugout. I think we should have maybe had a penalty, but I guess that's just you give and take in the world of football, don't you? You're going to get those over the course of the season. No, yeah, definitely. Um, I'm not one. To, I just try to focus on what we can do better, yeah. and you know we can't change it. Really. Can't change yeah. that and do anything about the officials. Yeah. Or if they try and do the best job that they can do, and yeah, I'm not one to to worry too much about what they do. They yeah. they're out there. We need them to for the game to function. So they try and do the best job they can do. So Adam, like we're we're still we're early in the season. We've done a month, and you know. Um, there's already been some departures and injuries that uh, you know we'll just run through a few. Obviously, Marvin Armstrong. That I don't know if it's the rebel yell kiss of death because we interviewed him for the first time when we've been trying for ages, and he's gone two, three weeks later. But you know, we're proud. It's amazing to see he's pushed up a level. Was it a surprise to you? Did you? I mean, obviously, he was one of your choices come back this season. Was it completely out of the blue? Were you surprised? Like, how did it come about? Yeah, no, just a seven-day approach come in, um, and yeah. Marv was quite keen that it was a, a good move for him, and yeah, he's he's, he's worked you know very hard um, in in lockdown. As soon as we could get players together, he was yeah. one of the first ones that would travel down from London and done a lot of time 
like spending one-on-ones with, with Marv. So obviously, pleased for him that all that hard work and he's getting to a level now that where he wants to get to, to be a full-time footballer. And ultimately, you know, we're still only Tuesday, Thursday nights and he's got the opportunity to, to really go and maximise and, and be a sort of professional player. So yeah. although it's at a National League level, that's almost like League yeah. Three for me, that level, because there's yes, so many yeah. sort of professional sort of teams. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you look you look at how many have gone down from League Two into yeah. like the National League. If you watch the games on TV, they're probably better quality. Than well, that look at that playoff uh, semi-final final last year, going yeah. into the League Two. That was crazy. Oh, like, yeah. you know, and those, I mean, obviously, we, we wish Marvin well, but does this mean the end of Grafter on you? Ah, <laughs> uh, no, no, no. It's the serious question. Yeah, yeah. it's the serious yeah, question. Yeah. No, more, no more mates, <laughs> mates rates. Exactly, yeah. No, he sent me a nice little track over. It's a oh, thank you present, yeah. so yeah, no, keep it going. Yeah. No, yeah, just... Um, Don't know tell that, Pete, because he'll if, get jealous. Yeah. <laughs> if I wear it uh, on the bench, there's a certain... Um, chairman for National League that I think will find me so I'll be very careful I did notice is that what well, I've noticed you've been wearing the Vanarama stuff now is yeah. that is it like one of the league rules is that just yeah, one of the like, like, yeah. managers got to wear so that how does Mark White get away with it then or suit <laughs> um, because he can class it as a smart suit yeah, so, yeah. Smart suit, so. yeah I think Marvin stuff's quite well, smart yeah. you know like, it's the new modern way isn't yeah. it you know but anyway I'll send the bill to Marv if I get yeah, yeah, no, I think that's right I think he wants to promotion game with that obviously Jake Robinson, as we just said before we came on to record with you, uh, a big loss, and I'm sure you feel it around. I mean, it's the curse of Woodside, the first home game of the season. Last season, it was AP. He got injured on the first home game of the season, out for the whole year, pretty much. Jake Robinson, it, as we said, Spencer can agree that like just pre-season, even that first game, he got the goal for us. And he just looked like he just slotted in and he was going to be yeah. such an important player for us. It must be devastating for you to like think you found someone that's going to slot in so nicely to then literally have it ripped from under you. Yeah, I mean, a lot of plan and stuff was around sort of Jake being the number nine and you know I felt that we would create a lot of chances and we needed someone at this level proven sort of goal scorer at this level and you know he was definitely that and uh, I think like you say you see in pre-season and in that first game he didn't need too many chances Jake and he, he would he put them away and um, yeah obviously he, he worked tremendously hard and was really looking forward to the season so you know, I feel for for him as well. It's probably his first major injury I think that he's right. ever had in his career, um, and it'll come one game into signing for us. So, uh, yeah, obviously very disappointing for him personally, and yeah, us as a as a team and, and a club are, are missing a really talented player. Um, uh, it's really good to see him still around at games and yeah. just positive attitude still. No, definitely. Yeah, he's definitely got that. Um, you know, he wants to get back wants to get playing and uh, he's determined to still play to his 40 so you know I, I still think we'll see Jake in a Worthing shirt scoring goals for us um, but yeah it's obviously a big blow for this season um, but at the same time with that you know opportunities then arise for other players and you know Cal's probably then gone on to start the games and scored four in, in the last five so you know as bad it is for one player, other opportunities then open up for others. And it's the same with Marv going, really. Um, all of a sudden, there's a spot in the field. Comrade comes back and he's done well in training and yeah. looks like another good young prospect. Uh, yeah. If Marv didn't go, he probably wouldn't be back with us, still be playing for try. So, um, yeah, that's that side of it as well, that you know, opportunities are going to... Um, 
you know, arise all throughout the season. But, um, so Jake's going to be riding in on a horse through the gates at Woodside Road towards the end of the season to blast into the National League. Is that the plan? Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Not in shining armour. That's only what he said to me. He'll be back for the... Uh, the running playoffs, yeah. If we get so he's still within your plan, so like you know, if he gets back to it, he, uh, as long as you know, he hasn't been replaced, he's still going to be in some contention to be within the squad, then. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's just going through the process at the moment whether he's definitely going to have an operation or not. Um, you know, but I think that's he's almost decided yeah. that in his head now that that's what the route he's going to go do, down, yeah. and yeah, it's obviously a six to nine month, um recovery after that operation so yeah but I, I'm like you say his attitude and everything yeah. no one's going to work harder than Jake Robinson to get back and get out on that pitch as soon as he can but um, yeah just wish him all the best in that recovery um, and one more departure Adam Elab he didn't really feature much was disappointing for you like you know was it like you were you, are you quite surprised that he's just chosen to retire or like did it did it come out of the blue or did you think he just didn't think he could step up to the level no yeah I think it was um, just an open honest conversation really I think Joe Rye his performances in pre-season which uh, I have to say pause you know, he's been unreal like he's yeah. come out and I, we've said it on the podcast we can I can put my hands up and say like when you announced him on the team show that first game everyone's like what 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 why like you know but he's been unbelievable yeah I think um, you know his performances in pre-season have um, warranted him starting I thought he's excellent all pre-season and arguably our best defender and with that he's got his opportunity and he's most certainly took it and I think Adam you know the age he is, is is quite open and honest. He's looked at that and gone, you know, the team's doing all right here. He's got yeah. three good centre halves. You've got Luca out on loan playing for Horsham yeah. as well. Um, so the club's in good hands and he probably doesn't want to spend all this Saturday just travelling around. But again, another great character and he's still been part of the club. He's um, done a bit with a few younger players in the gym um, here already. So. You know, I think he can have a big impact on progressing these younger players oh, through as really well. It's really good that he's still around with his influence and experience because that's you know when a player like that leaves, that's, you, you're losing quite a lot, aren't you? No, exactly that. He's a great character. Can't speak highly enough of him as a person and a character. And um, you know, if he can give some of his professionalism um, and little bits that he done in his game to have him to have the kind of career that he's had um, if he can pass that on to some of our younger players then you know, I think we'll be, we'll be yeah, better so for it So we talked about departures you know, before we wrap this uh, little chat up Adam is there any sort of incomings I, I'd like to think you probably are looking at replacing these players and might not necessarily but you know are we looking in that area are we going to see some new faces in the next month would you say? No yeah definitely I think we've got to um, bring in a bit of help in, in forward areas Um I, I think, you know, to rely on Cal and Ollie to at this level to, to start week in, week out and to score the goals to, to keep us up there is, is um, you know, going to be tough on them. So, yeah, we're definitely looking at um, some attacking options. Um, I think Adam Adam, when he's come on, um, you know, has showed that he's got a lot of hunger, a lot of pace and a lot of potential. Um, but... It's, it's all right having that potential. We, we need players that are going to deliver. Um, and yeah, same with like Mo Jammer as well. I think Mo Jammer nods Adam Adam. You know, there's lots of potential that they can definitely play at this level. Um, but ultimately, you know, when they get their opportunity, they're going to take it. So um, I think we might need a bit of help in those kind of areas. Yeah. Okay, so we're looking 
forward to an experienced centre forward coming in. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe, or yeah, even like someone that can, you know, Jamie Vardy. Yeah, provide. Uh, <laughs> Deadline days are quite. Con- yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Another like, hour or two. Yeah. Exactly, but there's that. No, yeah, um, a bit of experience, and you know, if there's a little gem out there that we can work with and and you know provide a bit of help for who's a bit different to what we've got, then we. will Look at that as well. I mean, we've seen it with, like, as we said, with Jake. Like, you know, that that's definitely a gem in non-league. You know, it's just a shame we won't see him as much as this season. But you know, to pick that out, you know, you guys picking it out from you know, you researching stuff is fantastic. So, in Adam, we trust. I think you say Spencer, Absolutely. don't you? Yeah, and then this coaching. But um, Adam, well done the first month. You know, from my point of view, Spencer's point of view, we're really happy. I know, you know, you want to, you know, you you've got a little bit up there, but you know, keep it up. It's it's a, it's great, and you know, the club's a happy place, and the fans are definitely happy right now. And hopefully, we can speak at the end of next month, and we'll uh, still be in the same sort of positions. And you know, that's what we like to hope, don't we, Spence? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. No, yeah, definitely. Good, good, good start, um, or average start from my point of view. But uh, yeah, <laughs> there you go. Hope, hope, hope to, setting the level. Good start. No, level. no, uh, average start. Yeah, hoping to. Uh, get better we want to keep on improving uh, don't want to stay still and be happy with what we've done so far it's definitely room for improvement and you know the way these players work I'm sure they'll be looking just as much as I am to, to kick on and, and progress keep on progressing good luck for September Adam thanks very much cheers, cheers guys this is the Rebel Yell podcast great to speak to Adam as per usual nice open and honest behaviour talking about players obviously we've, we've lost Adam Elabd He's probably he, he did make one appearance. I think he's not as bad as uh, Dean. Uh, what, what's his name? Dean uh, who, who Hammond. Like, Hammond. A few years ago, who like literally signed for us, never made an appearance due to COVID, and then went to get a full time job at Southampton FC. I think. Um, but Adam Elabd, were you surprised that he sort of come? You know, there's a bit of who you are about it fanfare on the socials, and it was a little bit dubious because he came from Whitehawk before. Yeah, you know, was, was he up to this level? It was a little he, bit of a surprise signing, to be absolutely honest. But then. You know, we're still a very young squad and you can see, you know, bringing in the experience, you know, Coxie's gone now. So, you know, it was an old... <laughs> Coxie's it, gone, but he ain't really gone. He's here every <laughs> match day. <laughs> he's by, he, 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 Pete's still got his drinking buddy. He's, he's gone from the pitch, but he hasn't gone from the bar. Yeah. Um, sorry, going back to <laughs> but, it. But, um, yeah, 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 you know, so, you, you know, it's that old older head, a bit of experience around the place, but... Um, no, wish him all the wish him all the best. Yeah, and I personally think one of the biggest losses for us so far, just seeing in pre-season, was um, Jake Robinson. You know, and he scored on his debut. And, and I, we had a joke about it after. What is it with first home games of the season at Woodside Road? Last year it was Alex Parsons got injured on the first home game of the season. This year it's Jake Robinson out for what up to nine months yeah. possibly. He's probably out for the season, and hopefully it's not his career because you know I'd love to see him in a Wormshire because what he did in pre-season, he just seemed like a natural goal scorer. Someone yeah. that if we if we are going to climb the leagues, uh, well this league, uh, he was going to be the guy that got us those goals. And you know I for one am very disappointed and upset that we're not going to see him really possibly ever in a Wormshire. He, he he just looked unreal in in in, in pre-season, absolutely on fire. You know, looked like a player. You know, you could say I was a guaranteed twenty goals this year, but um, and also the you know the, the the whole incident and the injury just seemed so sort of innocuous. But um, you know, he's, he's been at the last couple of games, and I spoke to him briefly 
after the Eastbourne game, he seemed quite optimistic he was going to be back sooner rather than later, hopefully. So, well, it's nice to see that, that you know, some he could quite easily, like, like Adam and Lab's done, he could easily not. I'm not saying Adam's like copped out, but you know, he's decided it's too much from he's retired. But you know, Jake could think, right, look, I'm getting on what is he 34, 35 now, I think, and you know, he's I've got this injury, could I come back? But yeah. the fact you still see him on a match I think, day, I, I think, think that's he, brilliant. He's yeah, really confident, I think he's very positive, and I think he's very, very keen to get back. And could he be one of these players that comes in at the right end of the season for us? You know, if we're pushing around that playoff area, you mm. know. Even up at the upper end of the table, because he'd be this player that yeah. we need to bring into well, the squad. Well, we, we could, time. we could, we could have a situation where he comes in, you know, a month or two before the end of the season, maybe, and you know, a player of his quality, and he's going to come in fresh, playing against tired defenders and defenses who've already played thirty games this season. Yeah, no, it'll be. It'd be really interesting to see him. We obviously hope Jake wish him well and hopefully we might be able to get a word with him in one of the next couple of podcasts and see how his recovery is going, you know, just to speak to him because I'm sure he'd love to because we haven't really had the chance to introduce him to the fans, really. I mean, we're doing pretty badly at the moment. We had Marvin Armstrong last month and he goes. <laughs> I mean, talk about Marvin. I mean, fair play to the fella. I mean, I'm really proud to see. It came as a surprise. I, I'm not going to hold my hands up and say, you know, I didn't think he'd be signing for a club in a high level. I hope he goes on and pushes. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, things? absolutely. You know, it's absolutely gut-wrenching to see him go but then you know you can't deny giving him a chance to go and play at a high level and you want all the players to have the chance to go and play at a higher level but um it was really nice to touch with him as well that he was at the Dartford mm. game to uh so thank you to thank you to everyone that's you know shows you the quality of the fella but I mean the thing we've got to look at now is what brand wear is Pete going to have to wear because <laughs> Grafter surely it'd be like it's almost cheating on someone by wearing Grafter now isn't it yeah it's also worth keeping an eye over, over Barnet to see to see what their players yeah. are so I'm looking out on the pitch now I can see Hinch he's not got any Grafter stuff on now can you see Stu anywhere Stu hasn't or Stu earlier Stu hasn't got any Grafter on you know, is it a silent protest do you think you know Marvin's gone not going to wear Grafter anymore <laughs> <laughs> no um, anyway get Pete, if, if Pete accepts Grafter vouchers I think Ian Ian uh, from Gage Master said he was going to get him a voucher for his birthday yeah. didn't he? but um, no good good luck to Marvin I think you know it did come as a surprise but it'll be interesting to see what he can do at Barnet because you know he's been given the squad number five so that means they've obviously got some hopes for him like you know and I think what Marvin said it came out of the blue for him as well like it was just like one week he's here next week and yeah. that's what the joy of and these, yeah, and these opportunities come up, you just gotta grab them. You've got to take them. You can't you can't fault him for that. It's like that's I think what we were saying, like when we were talking to one of the Wiccan players after a game of Jasper, we were like, you know, obviously it hurts to see someone go, but that's what you get at this level, you know. You want them, as it say, the path to progress, you know, and everything like yeah. that. And you know, providing the pathway, I think we're gonna say, don't we? Yeah. That's, that's what we want to see. <laughs> and, but uh, yeah. I think one of the players I've been really, really impressed with this season so far is Kane Wills. He's literally just been such a solid just, addition. Just Bossing the midfield. He's been brilliant. I'm going to say, me and you weren't here. We weren't living in Worthing at the time when he was at the club last. But, you know, obviously we heard previous stories about, you know, the departure from the club and, you know, some, there were some fans that weren't too sure what it was going to be like. But I think he's proved them all wrong, hasn't he? He's been brilliant. He's been like yeah. literally, he's got to be number one on Hinch's team sheet on a match day. Yeah. Whole team revolves around him. You know, again, got so much experience at this level. That you can bring with him. I think without further ado, Nathan's arranged us to speak to Kane. So let's sit down with Kane and see what it's like being back at the club and what he's thought of the season so far. This is the Rebel Yell Podcast. We're joined by Kane Wills for the first time on the Rebel Yell Podcast. Kane, welcome back to the club. Um, myself and Spencer weren't here the first time around, but you know, from what we've seen since you've been back, you, you look really happy to be back right now. Are you enjoying yourself? Oh, I am, mate. Yeah, I'm yeah. genuinely, genuinely loving it. So. And I think that's when you sort of often play your, you know, your, your best football. It's just good to be back. Yeah. You know, familiar territory, as, as some fans will know. Which yeah. uh, hopefully, you know, that, that the way it ended has been forgotten a little bit. And um, yeah. 
you know, just I'm back here to try and get this club, you know, even higher up the, up the leagues and, and do well, you know, so. Well, I think, you know, I mean, obviously, as I said, we weren't here the first time because we've moved to work yeah. for the last five years. So we've sort of seen like, you know, I think what we can say from our point of view, you've let the football do the talking. You know what I mean? <laughs> you've, you've just seemed to slot it into the squad really well. So what's it like being back this time? What are the, I mean, obviously the club, you probably look at similar sort of facilities, but there must be loads of changes in everything you've seen. Oh, that's the thing. The facilities, even them are different. You know, when I left last time, we couldn't play on the pitch. You know, it was, yeah, yeah, it was yeah, going yeah, through yeah, that yeah, stage. Yeah. And obviously, you know, I know it had some challenges, but it's completely different. But to be fair, that, you know, with Hinch, with the management staff, with the way they've got, got, got the boys playing, it's so easy. Or I say easy, but it's, it's easier as a player to slot yeah. in yeah. because you know exactly what the team wants from you. You know, the team's got a really good way of playing. Despite the fact we play different formations, it yeah. that's helped for me and I think also for the other lads that have just come into the side this year. I think it's helped helped us just to slot in, you know, and, and hopefully play um, play a good brand of football. And uh, it seems like a really group, good group of lads like slot into. Yeah, it is. There's genuinely no egos. Everyone gets their fair share. Yeah. You know, I, I get battered. Yeah. I get bad from a bald head most of the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say so, but I've got a hat on yeah. for a reason. Mate. I'm, I'm holding on to my hair for a little bit longer. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's a turkey for me, yeah. I know, remember yeah. clinging on, mate. Yeah. Um, but no, it is good. It's a good bunch. Yeah. But but that's the thing. We know when to work hard. We know when, like, when we can have our laugh in the dressing room. But we know once we get out there and we train, we train yeah. hard. We train intense and then you know, I think that's, that's showed on game day. We haven't got the results here yet that we want, but, but they'll come. So we turn it back a year. Obviously, you signed on loan from Dorking Wanderers yeah. and you're recalled by Mark, you know, for, for reasons that we've seen on a bunch of amateurs, we've seen on a thing. Take it to the Dorking side. What was it like, that team last year, to be promoted into the National League? I mean, obviously, you've come to Worthing now to hopefully do something similar here yeah. with us. But that must have been a hell of an experience for you. It was. And, and you know, Dorking's a, a great club as well. Yeah. What, what Mark's done for that club in, in the short time he's done it is, is nothing short of remarkable yeah. but I see so many similarities between Dorkin and us in many ways from a playing point of view in that I just felt like Dorkin were just animals in, yeah. in, in, in the right way though they go over yeah. that pitch and they just do whatever it takes to win yeah. and I think that showed itself a little bit in terms of us and not getting beat yeah. you know we could have got beat Saturday we could have given up a little bit and we didn't um, and that's why we're, we're unbeaten and yeah. I think this team's got all the potential yeah. to, to get there. Yeah. Dawkins is a little bit more experienced in terms of players, but yeah. we've got the youth, the enthusiasm on our side. So I think, we'll yeah, have to look I think that's shown with you on a personal level as well, though. You've probably been a bit modest, but you know, you've gone out there and you've, you've bossed that pitch. Oh, no. Thank <laughs> you, thank <laughs> you, mate. Yeah. 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 People said you're one of the standout players so far. We've barely been playing in National South a month. Like we were saying, we've said already on this podcast, like six games, unbeaten, three wins, three draws. Yeah, the home form's been a little bit frustrating. I'm sure it's yeah. even more so for yourself because you know, as we know as fans, that we could have probably edged it on at least two of those three occasions. Yeah. Um, but to see like you, you sort of like that midfield role, you seem to be sort of just, it's, it's amazing to see how well you slotted in. So it must be nice for you to come back, you know, um, forgetting the previous and what happened, as you say, like what happened in the past, but it must be so nice to slot in and just feel like you're such a part of a squad. And you can tell like the players look up to you. Yeah, well, I think that's it's nice. You know, you always set yourself targets when you come back yeah. and you want to, you know, for me, it was important. You know, I was coming into a strong midfield and, and I'm in a strong midfield and it's important that, you know, I do my bit to keep my place because... You know, otherwise you, you you'll be out of the side. So that that's that's giving me all the the motivation I need to nice do <laughs> to to want to to want to carry on. And Stu, you've had yeah. your five minutes of fame. <laughs> we can't we can't keep him up. He, he's obsessed with this podcast. <laughs> Stu, Stu's giving Kane some abuse Desperate, here, but he's already had his five minutes of fame. <laughs> 
he was the one that cried like last season. I, I didn't get him on one of the episodes. He went and talked to me in the bar after. So like, you know, <laughs> he, uh, he loves being on it. But, um, no, so like, obviously last last season you like obviously you were signing it. Went back as we said. Were were you like told by Dawkin at the end that you won't be required for this season? And was like Worthing your first port of call? Did you have other interests, or were you like I'm going back to Worthing? That's what I'm doing. Worthing was absolutely my first port of call. I mean, yeah. with, with Dawkin, it was I suppose it was a bit mutual. Maybe it was them. Maybe it was a bit of both. But I think that I was only a bit part player really last year, yeah. and especially going up into that national league with with my family and stuff. You know, being a bit part yeah, and yeah, doing so the travelling. Yeah. I would have done it if he was going to play. Like, yeah. But then if you're not playing, you just sort of think, look, there's, you know, it's not. And then once the sort of we knew it was wasn't going to be wasn't going to be the case, then. For me, it was just all, all about yeah. trying to get back here. So, you know, I reached out to Hinch. You know, I was desperate to get something sorted and and, and we did. So, yeah. for me, it was the only place I wanted to come. Yeah, yeah. well, it's fantastic to see you back. And, uh, yeah, we've absolutely loved your performances so far this season. Oh, Keep it up. Thank you, mate. It's great to be back. Any differences, you say, so far compared to, like, last season in National South and, like, this season? Like, you said, obviously, Dorky, you said, like, the players may be a bit more experienced. But have you noticed any changes so far this season? Like, any, anything in particular? Um, no, I don't think not in terms of the opposition yeah. we faced. And, you know, when you look at it, we've played two two sides that have come down from the National League. We've played three sides that were in the playoffs last year. So we, we've come up against some, some good sides, but I think we've already started to see them common patterns at home where, you know, usually the side coming up, teams think they can get at you a little bit but yeah. I think what we found is that teams have come here and sat in a block yeah. and they've made it difficult for us so I think that gives us a lot of they're giving us a lot of respect Absolutely. but then it's that's where now we've sort of got to get used to that might be a regular occurrence this yeah. year and then yeah. we find our way of, of breaking that down and once we get yeah. the first goal teams will naturally have to come at us a little yeah. bit more and then hopefully that'll be an opportunity for us to go yeah. and get some more and it's that initial just trying to break teams down and yeah. I've, I've said earlier it, as well you know it's really noticeable that you really need to take your chances at this level yeah, yeah. you yeah. really, really yeah. get punished if you don't yeah well we saw it at Weymouth didn't we I think we were quite clinical we could have even had more goals there but yeah. we were quite clinical yeah we could have shipped a few definitely but um, but we were quite clinical at Weymouth and then in the home games, we've not maybe been as clinical as what we've what we've been away. Yeah, yeah. I think we. I think it's also a testament, as we said earlier in the podcast, that you've seen teams like Chippenham, who were right, right up there last year. You know, teams like Eastbourne are right up there in the playoffs, like almost celebrating that they've drawn with Worthing. Yeah, yeah. And I think you know that is a testament to Hinch, you guys as the players and the squad in general, that people are looking to come here and get a scalp because we saw all the things pre-season. The bookies saying like we're favorite, like third favourites, which I know Hinch has said like you know forget about what the bookies mm -hmm. say because it's all that you do on the pitch. But it must be nice to see that like it means so much to those teams coming here and actually getting like a point. Yeah, it shows how much like Worthing obviously are sort of respected in the league. Definitely, and, and you know we're coming out of them games disappointed. You know we're yeah. we're really coming out of them games. Maybe Eastbourne, I suppose Eastbourne was draw was was probably about right. But and, and obviously then with ten men, you you can't deny that. But I think certainly the the Dover games and the Chippenham games, we looked at and thought, well, that's two points dropped. Yeah, you know, and really we're thinking actually, if you, if you win them games, then you're 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 right yeah. up there. It's early early days to be looking at the leagues, but we're, we're leaving them game disappointed. So yeah. you know, it's good, but yeah, we just want to hunger, hunger to get the three points, hasn't Absolutely. it? Yeah. Um, yeah, I was going to say, like, you know, so early on in the season as well, there are things to learn from and pick up from for. Season. Definitely, you know. Sometimes you, you you'll go through spells. You know, it, likewise, it's it's not we've not we've got off to a good start, but that's all it is. You know, if we'd got off to a start after six games where they hadn't been so such good results, you wouldn't be you know crying about it. But you'd be so we'll go through spells. You know, hopefully we'll have more ones that are good than yeah. than, than not so good. 
But um, yeah, I've got to make sure I don't throw my toys out of the pram. Last yeah. season, when we were beginning of the season, it was like you know we had an amazing pre-season. Obviously, we knew you know what happened with Worthing in the like you know the last couple of years, and we obviously had a little bit of a bad run at the beginning. And I was just getting so stroppy, and Pete, the other guy who does Rebel Yell with us, he was like, "Just calm down, it'll be all right at the end." Look where and we are now, you know. Exactly. We are going to expect a little blip in form. So, That's just natural, so long isn't it? Season. Yeah. So, Kane, thank you for like sitting down with us and talking. We, we've asked every player that comes on here to name an interesting fact about yourself. So, we're going to put you right on the spot now, oh, and this is what they always do. But I think we get the better reaction, don't we? If we'd sent you a message before and say, "Right, I think of something," you're going to say, "Off the top of your head, an interesting fact about yourself." Doesn't have to be. keep it clean, keep it PC. We know you've had your stag do, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to wish I'd. Different to tell you, but I'm quite boring to be fair. I'm sure you're not. Uh, an interesting fact about myself, mate, you've absolutely done me. Is this going to be one of these things that we're going to have to like? Yeah, I'm that interested. Or, or are we going to have to do one of those things where you're just going to like literally pop up behind him in the bar, shove a microphone in his face, going, You go, mate, you've had time now to think about it. What have you got? Yeah, 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 yeah. This, this might be one for the end. Interesting fact. Well, I get battered. <laughs> I get bad for looking like Voldemort. There you go. There you go. That's, that's right, so if we have a Halloween party, this yeah, year, exactly. right, the away boys, if you want to sit in the away end, get yeah. Harry Potter fancy dress. Yeah, we know exactly. exactly. we can have Lewis White for a big afro. So we can yeah, have the Eurofil Voldemort. Kane, thank you for spending time with us. Good luck for the rest of the season. We'll catch up with you later on. But welcome back to the club. You know, uh, keep up those amazing performances on the pitch, mate. Cheers, boys. Cheers, Cheers, Appreciate Thanks, mate. It. This is the Rebel Yell podcast. Great to hear from Kane Wills there. Thanks for sitting down with us. First of uh, many, hopefully, appearances on the Rebel Yell podcast. Uh, we're sitting here nice and cosy right now in the press box because there's massive thunder and lightning storm and rain is just coming from nowhere. We're nice and warm and cosy and the players are getting soaking wet out on the pitch right now. But, yeah, you know, it's, it's not the night to stand under a floodlight. No, no, definitely not. You don't want to be anywhere near a piece of metal. So now, are we all right? We are, we, we are isolated here. We're in the press, but there's no metal here. Maybe if we stand against the back of the stand, the Rebel Yell stand. But um, um, Kane Will's great addition. One of the other additions to the squad that I, I'm really impressed with and seems to have come out of nowhere is uh, Joe Rye. You know, he's been in the youth setup for a while, but you've never really seen him before, you know, and make appearances. He has sporadic squad appearances, but he's come out of nowhere and just absolutely smashed his league. He's I mean, been solid. It's absolutely immense, you know. Especially, you know, coming in, especially the the, the Welling game away, um, you know, just absolutely solid performance. No one, nothing could get past him and uh, popped up and scored his first goal as well. Because I'm not, not doing a disservice to the guy, but when we saw him on the first team sheet, everyone's a bit like, what, who, why? Like, we knew who he was, but why is Hinch, obviously in Hinch, we trust because he's yeah. been absolutely solid at the back and, you know, partnership he's starting to form with Aaron and you know like you know that defensive line he's he just and you know as you said he's getting forward he's popping up scoring goals you know he just seems to be is he going to be the next player that's going to fall, we're going to fall in love with and then he's going to depart <laughs> us for past his new in a year or two's time because you know I could see great things for the kid yeah but you know this is Hinch and, and you know the club as a whole you know never afraid to give youth a chance and you know so they provide that pathway and the first step up pathway is into the first team. Yeah. And I mean, you know, that's what we love seeing, don't we? We love seeing players progress and, you know, you feel proud. It's like we said, it, we're going to feel like a proud dad to Jasper on the side. Um, brought a tear yeah, to you. Yeah, I mean, brought a tear. I mean, you are old enough to be his dad. I mean, I, if, if I was his dad, it's a little bit of a weird situation that it could be involved social services if I was his dad and the age I am. But, you know, it was uh, it was great to see. But, you know, I, I, we just love seeing it. I'd love to see that. And, uh, more players I can stalk and ask for a signed shirt or something like that at the end of, <laughs> end of the season or something like that, which you would think that. Um, 
I think that leads on rightly. The youth setup has started again now. Um, games are starting to come underway. Training's happening. So I think by all means, we need to sit down with Stu Evans, who uh, is our youth guru and obviously uh, our first team uh, kit man and one of the coaches here at the club. This is the Rebel Yell podcast. Because we're doing this live. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? Stu, we're talking about like Joe Rye coming into the squad. Obviously, he's been in the youth setup for a while and you know he came out sort of nowhere. You know, being one of the youth coaches, it must be really great to see him sort of cement himself and like prove a lot of the doubt was wrong. Because I think we can all admit that on the first game of the season when he was named this squad, everyone's like, why is he playing? Yeah, Joe? no, definitely, mate. I mean, again, I, I keep on saying that this is what this club's all about for, for me and for everybody here from the coaches' point of view. Like, we just try wherever possible to promote from within and, and use youngsters as, as much as we can within our squads. And if you're if you're good if you're if you're good enough, you're, it don't matter what age you are, you, you get in. And um, shown with a couple of the uh, youngers we had in uh, pre-season. Joe has been around for a good few years, mate. Obviously, he's been with the 15, 16s. So he um, won the county cup with them. Um, He's just waiting for his time. He's got to be patient. And, and unfortunately, sometimes youngsters don't want to be patient. They just want to play football as quick as they can. Yeah. Men's football think they, they're due it and they're, they, they should be playing. Um, they say, God forgiven right to give them right to, to be playing. And it doesn't work out like that. And they've yeah, got to work hard. So. Us, us as fans, we absolutely love it. And we just can't wait till, till the next one. He's going to be the next heartbreaker, isn't he, Stu? Like, like the next Jasper. Like everyone falls in love with him, and then he's going to go <laughs> into bigger and better things, and you just feel proud for him. Uh, look, mate, my, my uh, I want him to stay here for the rest of his career. Yeah, um, but in reality, that's not how football works. And and also, to be honest with you, not how we would want it to work. We no. would want him to, if he's the next one to go out and, and and become a pro, then fair play. Do you know what I mean? That's what we shows what we're doing. Our, well, I say we're Hinch and Nathan and Cam are doing their, their job right. So. So we um we're talking like this week all the youth is starting up again. Uh, yeah. Thoughts for the upcoming season? Got a good bunch of lads that are starting with us. You you hoping for big and like as well a season as we did last year, even better possibly. No, better mate. Yeah, looking to to, to improve on last season. Um, yeah, I mean yeah, we've got some really good really good players amongst all our youth youth teams, mate. Um, and yeah, um, we've recruited really well over some of the trials, and I thought the fourteens, fifteens, sixteens will kick off their first game this Sunday. Um, so yeah, looking forward to it, mate. Looking forward to it. Yeah, we um, it, it's going to be exciting. You know, I look at like like so was it October last year when we hosted Charlton here in the Youth Cup? It was a great. Yeah. You know, we've got a big crowd. You know, hoping for something similar and you know a bit more success because I think we were unlucky against that game with Charlton. Looking back, and you know we could do much further this year in the Youth Cup. Hundred percent, mate. I think we um missed a couple of one on ones within the first five minutes. Yeah, could've yeah, it's like two or something in a yeah, row, yeah, weren't there? Could have easily gone in, gone into the break two 0 up. Um, Obviously, they uh, showed their class, and um, yeah, I mean, look. At the end of the day, um, we'll just try to go as far as we can, and, and yeah, hopefully have a good season. It's a good uh, season with all the youth teams, mate. To be honest with you, but yeah, that's they started off well last uh, Tuesday night against um, uh, against uh, whoever Shorten. we played on Tuesday night. Carl Shaw, thank you. I was only sat on the side. <laughs> Rain's getting to him. He's not I used should, to this I rain. Should, yeah, I should should know that. I was on the sidelines. Um, so yeah, you started off well against Carl Shorten and uh, yeah, hopefully you can push on and yeah. It's, it's, it's really good to see the club sort of really advertising. You know, the games as well. Yeah, really getting behind the publicising. I, I think it's yeah, hundred uh, percent, mate. I think it's good that. Um, because because the play the the fans are seeing players emerging into the first team, like Joe Ryan and Cavan and Evan during preseason and and people like that, they're actually more interested to come along to a preseason, uh, sorry, to a, a youth team game because they want to see the next one that's coming yeah, along yeah. and who's going to be the next one that's going to emerge. And um, yeah, 
yeah, it's, it's we've got some good yeah, good talent amongst it. Exciting times. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. It's really exciting. So, Stu, moving um, on to like, the other part of your job, obviously around the first team, what's it like this season so far? Like, obviously, a new... You know, we kept to say, what we say, 60, 70% of the, the squad. We've got some new faces. Uh, is the team bond as ever as good as it was? And, oh, or do you mate, think yeah. it's still working on it? Or do you think it could be even better? No, it's class, mate, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, it's the, the change room's buzzing. A good bunch of lads, good good mixture of youngsters and um, semi-youngsters, as I like to call them, like Dan, Danny and, and Miki and people like that, like Bubbly. And um, and then you've got the old heads like Kane and, and Parso and Buddy that are still around and Ollie that are, are kind of... Uh, and as a lot of leading the group, so yeah, no, I've changed rooms in a really good place, mate. I think um, looking back over the first last five games, I think we're more disappointed that we haven't picked up more points. I think, to be honest, which is a great yeah. place to be. Um, that we've we've probably dropped points where we should have won, and um, yeah, like, phenomenal start, and yeah. everybody's obviously really happy. So Hinch, Hinch seems to do really well with like seeming to find players that just fit really well into yeah. the, into the team and in, into the club as a whole. Yeah, he, he's very good at that. He's very very good at that. We've got a, um, a thing up in the changing room. If you get a chance, go and have a look at it. Where it's the the traits of a Worthing player and, and what we um, what we require them to be off the pitch, on the pitch. How we uh, with like, sorry, how we expect them to be around the teammates, around the ground with fans, and it's just like the ultimate Worthing player. And I think you can pretty much say from ninety percent of the boys out there, they they um, um, so they, got mould the other ten like percent into it. Yeah, it exactly. Is, yeah. I think it's just the new the new guys will slowly get there. But yeah, he's so good at it. He's so good at it. Um, and like Kane's come in and just fitted in seamlessly. Um, Sammy again, good lads. All the new guys that have come in have just yeah, have just worked really really. well. I mean, we can't complain. Like six games, three draws, three wins. I'm beating six in the league. Um, as well, we it said, is six games, is it? Six games, yeah. Three home, three away. Um, it, it, it's one of those things. I think if it, we said it just in the introduction to this podcast, you know, like literally, if you'd given us, if you'd said when we lifted that trophy last season, we could be at the beginning of September, be in the playoff places. Yeah, we've got a hell of a long way to go. It must feel proud to see yourself involved around it and see like how well we're doing and how well we're uh, taking to this league. Yeah, we need to sort of home. We need to get a couple of those wins and be a bit more clinical at home. But you know, once we get that sorted, make it Fortress Woodside again. Yeah, no, definitely. I think it's um, the old uh, um, you know, saying of pick up as many wins at home as you can and, and the odd point away from home. But we've kind of uh, we've reversed that, haven't we? Really? Uh, yeah, frustrating because I think some of the the draws at home easily could have been wins and dominated games of football without really being clinical down the other end. Um, I think it's clear for everybody to see um but yeah mate obviously so so pleased with the start so so pleased with the start but it's everybody's hard work um not just the players but obviously bards and sam and cam and, and nath and, and everybody behind the scenes are just making everything work really well at the yeah. moment um and it, how happy it is off the pitch represents itself on the pitch as well yeah um, it shows so if the changing was bad if the, if the things weren't working in training if people were annoyed with the coaches or players went over the coaches it would show and, and it's not because everybody's everybody's a real happy bunch happy bunch yeah um, and it's like so so early on in the season and you know a new level it's all learning process yeah, oh, 100%. It's, this is a new league to 90% of the boys that are out there. You know, I mean, no one's played. Our coaches haven't been in that league before. So everything's new. We're all, all learning and developing mm. and, and knowing what to expect and, and picking up new styles and, and ways of playing. And yeah, it's exciting. So, learning about what to expect. What's it been like at away, away grounds? So obviously, three, like, you know, three teams that are sort of around the national league level for a long time. Do you notice any experience, any difference or in your experience uh, dealing with these away clubs on a match day? Or is it pretty much the same as it was? in this man um, yeah pretty much the same to be honest with you obviously our standards don't drop um, yeah. without sounding too cheesy the standards for us is the same we've acted exactly the same as we would do for the Ishmael um, League so nothing changes from that point of view um, 
obviously you go to places like Dartford and, and people at places like that where you just go, wow, this is this is a, a setup, a massive setup, but um, and where we want to get to and where we will get to. Um, but in terms of what we expect, our standards, we keep on mentioning standards like this massive for all of us as Nath, Hinch, me, Cam, we're all the high high standards. We know what the standards are, and the standards don't drop, and whether whoever we're playing. So yeah, it's um it's good. It's been really good. Fantastic. Um, last link. We got the FA Cup draw coming up. I think for one of the gaps, is it like around the twelfth or seventeenth of the month? I think it is. Right. Are, you, are you hoping for a, a long away day? Or are you hoping for a nice local draw? Or like, well, if you could have an idea, what would it be? I mean, we were talking about a trip up north. I think. Would you like one of those or not um, really? No, I just think a home time, mate. Yeah, like good, good Bogner. Yeah, good, good, good team at home. No, I, yeah, no, I like over. <laughs> just a favourable tie, really. A tie, yeah. a, a tie that we we can um, we feel confident going into. I guess. Um, and have a nice run in the, in, in the cup. I, mean, I think the last few years haven't been too no. kind to us in terms of res results. And when we had a, a long cup tie, let's um, run a set from the Sussex Senior Cup. So uh, it'd be nice to, to get a, um, a get a good um, a good run in the cup at some point. So, yeah. yeah, I think that's what we all want. I know Hinch said last season he wanted to run in the cup, and obviously it was ended early by uh, was it Corinthians? You're my favourite club. <laughs> um, but yeah, hopefully we do this year. Stu, thanks for talking no, to us. Um, Thank you very much. Speak to you next month. Cheers, Cheers, boys. This is the Rebel Yell Podcast. Always great to talk to Stu Evans. He, he, he loves a podcast. We love Stu. Do you remember that time last season where I didn't, we, not for any like fault of my own, like, I didn't get him on and he didn't talk to me in the bar after, did he? And then Pete stirs the pot going, oh, Stu's not talking to you because you didn't get him on the podcast. He's like, yeah. I was like, oh, sorry, Stu. He, he absolutely loves coming on. He loves it. He loves it. We, we, we love him coming on. Yeah, he loves it. Um, but talking one of the other areas of the club, we haven't got any players on this one because John Donoghue's on a, a lovely jolly in the south of France, I think he said this week. So we haven't got him on this month's podcast, uh, but they've had two games so far, the women's team. Two wins out of two. I know, what a start. Beat hey. Dartford. I mean, and they beat Dulwich. I mean, Dartford was the one they couldn't beat last season. Yeah. 4-2 win. What a start, you know. No, 2-1 win over, sorry. Two, <laughs> it was 2-1 over Dartford, it was 4-2 over Dulwich, wasn't yeah. it? And, you know, what an amazing uh, start. And, you know, as, as as we spoke on the first, the players and John, they said, we're looking to be at the top of that table at the end of the season. You can't get a better start than that, can you? No, and, uh, you know, there's been some changes in in players in the women's team. But, um, you know, things things are all looking good and, and on the up and... Yeah, it's a decent, decent crowd on on Sunday. Was it as well? 150 odd, I think Anne said to us. Yeah, you know, which speaks. Um, I think my friend Trevor went to Chichester City and only got 120 there. Yeah, so. the club are doing all they can to get the crowds in, and you know, as we said last time, you know, we need to be picking up off the back of the uh, the women's Euros triumph and getting in on that. Yeah, no, I think 100 percent we do need to. Um, I mean, as I said in the last podcast, I re I'd love to see a, a women's academy here, but it's like, all right, like, where are we going to fit it in at the moment? <laughs> you know, there's no room on the pitch on a, on, a, on a weekday, but hopefully that's something that will come in the future because obviously it's just the money generated around the club. They have to have some money to do it um, and get that um, money involved and it costs money to set up. So hopefully one day we will see a women's academy because, I mean, there's some great... You, you, I'm starting to see a lot more young girls turn up to the men's game yeah. as well. And, yeah. you know, I remember like I signed up to the sports association, uh, a young girl, and she comes down with her dad on a match day and she brought her mum to a precinct friendly. And her mum was saying, like, she just, is there a way of getting involved? And I said, obviously, right now, there's not. Obviously, there's other areas around Worthing. There's like other teams that you can get involved with girls' football. But how good would it be if you could see a young... You, you, we've seen the train nights. We've gone to the FA Youth Cup and we support... Imagine if we had, like, you know, the women's equivalent and we could go down yeah. and support a, a young women's team, like, who on the pathway it's something I can see happening yeah. very soon but the club are, are also getting you know local skills teams involved around the club and you know 
they're getting them in on match days and meeting the players and things. So yeah, it's all it's all it's all going in the right direction. Yeah, no, but if you want to get down to a um, women's game, it's uh, free if you've got a season ticket. So come down and support. And I think it's four pounds entry if you haven't um, for adults. I think it's a couple is it a couple of quid or something like quid for kids or something like that. Might be wrong there, but come down and support the women's team. Um, I think that also wraps up. You know, starting to wrap up the podcast now. Membership is still available for Sports Association. What 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 do you get, Spencer? With uh, what is your membership card this year? Do you want to remind the people? Because I forgot. I might have I might have heard somewhere that you get a pin badge. Mm. And um, who did that? Some guy in China. Yeah, but who 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 sent the idea and the design towards? Whose idea was it? Yeah, yeah, Spencer. But uh, you know who was who was a design coordinator? Can't you can't design say, coordinator. Yes, design coordinator. The, the, the limited edition. We've only got, I think, was it forty-one badges left, or something like that. Yeah, so you've got forty-one. Not that you can stop if we get there, and we have to order more, order more. <laughs> but at now we've got forty-one in hand, or around that. So, um, Trevor and Stephen will be at the turnstiles. I think. I think the plan is until the AGM at the end of the month. Yeah, it? next until the end couple of September. Games. And um, we're going to try and get down to a women's game a couple of times. Unfortunately, through personal reasons, I couldn't get down there this past weekend to uh, do some membership. But if you do want to sign up, go to Worthing FCSA website. All the details are on there and you can um, pay via, you just contact us, send an email and we can send you a link out and you can pay and you can pick up a badge. Um, my friend Mattia from Italy, uh, slash Greece, I think he's the furthest away member so far, isn't he? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I mean, taking a bit of Worthing to Fiorentina. Not bad, is it? You know, Forza Worthing and all that. Um, but if you want to beat Mattia and you want to um, be you know, even further away, get in touch. You know, even though I think I've seen when I've looked at the stats of this podcast, it is a listen to a randomly and occasionally in the US or some other parts of the world. That could be that Chicago Australia, mackerel. Australia. Yeah, Callum Keeley's parents. So Callum Keeley's parents and family, if you fancy signing up, we will send one airmail. It probably cost us the same amount as it cost us to buy the badge, but, you know, we'll do it for you. Um, anyway, we'll digress. Um, I, I, I'm happy to deliver it in person if it's paid for. Well, you know me, staff travel, you never know. Could, uh, put up with me for that long nine-day trip to Australia. There we go. Um, Spencer, it's um, another month to look ahead for September. It feels, I don't know if you feel it's like, we're recording this on the, um, oh yeah, we're recording this on the 1st of uh, no, uh, September. No, second, first? First September. Yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting confused. And I I do feel that it's turned really autumnal. I mean, we've got this sort of thunder and lightning storm going on right now, but it did feel chilly today, didn't it? Like, it had that first sort of thing. The nights are starting to turn in a bit earlier. We're going to start getting those Tuesday games where it is going to be under the floodlights. Um, an exciting month ahead. Yeah, and, you know, just, um, just keep going as we've been, keep going as we've been going, I think. Um as, you know, like we've touched on earlier, we've, we, we, we've already played quite a few of the so-called top teams on paper. So um, keep it going. Any away games you're looking forward to? The most expensive club in the league, St Albans. This I know. It's like... 16, 16 But when we played them in the FA Cup a few years ago, I think it was 15 quid then or something. But yeah, expensive, isn't it? You're, you're starting to verge on the league prices there, aren't you? Like, yeah, I, know, I noticed that today when I was looking at the uh, ticket price. It took me back. Looking forward to that. Any other games yeah, you're looking forward good, to this it's month? A good, it's a good journey, isn't it? So I'm trying to think of the other games you're looking forward to this month. Um, this is really bad. Good preparation by us. Oh, I know. You got the Any, anyone, anyone? I think we're um, professional. One. So what we got, Spence? Right. Great preparation here. Yeah. <laughs> Google. Google's our friend. So, yeah. So St Albans away. Yeah. Uh, Tunbridge at home. Chestnut home. So. That's uh, Dayshon coming go, back. Can go away. Hemel away, which is almost St. Albans again, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, pretty much up that, <laughs> that part of the world. Uh, Concord away. Lovely, Essex, Essex lovely, lovely midweek trip to Canvey Island. 
Uh, Worthing. At oh, and we've got, and we've also got the FA Cup, haven't we? Which is drawn. Yep. I think is it drawn on Monday. I think I'm. I think I'm. I'm yeah. right in saying so. Yeah, that's, that, that's, that, that's that, the league that, fixtures. That could be a very exciting uh, little away day. If it, I mean, it'd be great if it was some team a little bit far fetched and someone. That'd be good. We've always said it would be great to have a little run in the FA Cup, and I know, like speaking to Adam, like that's one of the things he always wants to do. Like he obviously wants the promotion, but he'd love a little run in the cup. And yeah, and it I would think, be good. I think as as a fan as well, you want a proper away day. I mean, it's when we look at like things previous seasons, like when you've done, like you've seen, um, you know, Spurs playing uh, Marine up north, and like you know, that's a proper non-league. People say, oh, it's during COVID, so people sit in their back gardens. But I can imagine something similar would have happened here if we'd been during the COVID season. You would have had people sitting in their back gardens on Woodside Road. But I look at it and I think, you know, I'd love in a way that, like, we've got a couple of things. I think Bath people are penciling in for like later on in the season for a nice little weekend away and stuff like yeah. that. And, I mean, take the missy. The, the girls can all come with the boys. They can go off and like spar and stuff like that. Bath spars and we'll go and football and lager out. Sit all up all weekends. That sounds <laughs> like a plan. But yeah, good good cup game away up north somewhere. That'd be good. Can you imagine your, that? your friends at South Shields? Oh, can you imagine that? South Shields versus Worthing. That would literally be the dream. Like Chris and, as I said, our friends at South Shields, that would be an amazing little achievement. But let's wait and see. Draws in Monday, I think it was. So we'll see after hopefully another three points against St Albans. Um, it's been it's been a great month, Spence. Um, yeah, fantastic. Month. Just keep, keep, it, keep it going. Yeah, we're looking forward to seeing it. Um, keep supporting the Rebels. I mean, I think the average has probably been about 1450 at the ground yeah, there at 1400, home. 1500, 1500. Yeah. Which has been amazing. So keep that up. Um, obviously, when the weather gets a bit colder and the nights draw in a little bit, you know, you do start seeing naturally dropping. But hopefully, some good runs and hopefully, we'll be cementing our place in the National League and uh, decide, decide not to be messed with and, you know, ignored. And Hinch, I'm sure we'll see some signings maybe to replace a couple of players that have gone in the next like, few few weeks or months. Um, but remember, if you do want to join the Supporters Association, it is £5 for kids, £8 for adults. As I said, Steve and Trevor will be at the gates uh, just past the turnstile signing you up for the um, end of month and if we have run out of badges we will get your badge we will order some more but we've got about 40 badges left so let's try and get rid of all those badges right now yeah. it'd be fantastic um, don't forget commentary on match days with our friends our friend Pete yeah and also our friends Price Jones Electrical and MK Window Cleaning who's still of doing course. the promotion you contact him go on the website uh, fcsa.co.uk, our new website and there is a section that says about the sponsors and rebelyell.live and Mark will give you I think he said 50% off your first clean if you quote Rebel Yell so surely that's good window cleaning he does my windows he does a bloody good job as I said last month I can eat my, eat my dinner off it but I got abuse from you guys so I won't say that again call me a window licker so you know that, that that's what uh, that's where that's where we well, were starting to bring the podcast down again like we do it every time but Pete He's not, not here to join in the sort of down downgrade of the podcast. But Spencer, it's been a pleasure as per usual. Pete, uh, hope you're feeling better next month. Use a headache next month. We'll, we'll come knocking on your door and pick you up, or we'll do that. But you know, all the best to you, mate. Hope you feel uh, better soon. And um, tune in to Pete on a match day at RebelYell.live, this podcast, all your major podcast providers. And uh, we will see you very soon from myself, James, and Spencer. See ya. Good night, everyone.